Welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I am getting to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what did they do or what are they doing to stay here? And today, oh my gosh, we are in season three. Can you believe it? And I, man, we're going to kick off the year with a very special guest. We're talking to Rachel Farina. Rachel uh, is the regional HR manager for Kimley Horn. She's also certified with her SPHR uh, through HRCI certification. Man, Rachel, so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm a, I can't believe I'm the one that's kicking off 2022, but happy to be here. Man, I am so excited. Okay, so we have known each other for a very long time. Uh, former conference director back in 2014, which sounds so long ago. I know. Uh, but you know, we recently uh, connected at the 2021 HR Southwest Conference, and that's when I said, hey, I need to get you on the show. Uh, what'd you think about the conference? It was great. The best thing, it was so good to be back in person. Oh, um, you know, the virtual was great. They did a great job, um, but there's nothing like being at a conference in person, reconnecting with your friends, and then obviously learning. Learning in person is always the most valuable way to do it. Yeah, there's nothing like, yeah, you're right. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently and they were talking about it's those small moments. It's like when someone, a speaker says something and you can look over at your neighbor and, you know, you yep. see the different signals. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. I uh, admire your leadership and I'm excited to learn more from you today. Uh, and we're going to talk to leadership. We're going to talk what you're doing for your organization. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about volunteer leadership. And I want to start it off with, uh, I always like to start off the show by our guests just sharing a little bit about their organization. And for you, uh, would you share a little bit about Kimley Horn and how do you serve your customers? Sure. So Kimley Horn, um, officially, uh, KimleyHorn.com, we're a, a national planning and design consultant firm. Basically, what that means is we have um, professionals who are either civil engineers, landscape architects, urban planners, those types of professionals who are consulting with clients, they could be public sector or private sector to design or implement some sort of um, plan. So we do everything engineering up to building the buildings. We don't build the buildings. So from somebody who didn't come from an engineering background, I had no idea what Kimley Horn did when they joined. Um, but basically, we are a consultancy firm that primarily hires and does civil engineering. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, and where are you based out of? I'm in the Dallas office, okay, but we so are you're, nationwide. Yeah. Okay, you're, yeah, absolutely. Hey, let me let me ask you this. You know, you, you mentioned you didn't realize uh, what you know what the what the organization did. Uh, you know, and now here you are. You've been with the organization for a long time. Just go back to like when you first started. I mean, like, how did you uh, how did you assess and just really more than anything, how did you like develop influence as a leader coming into a whole new uh, organization and industry? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we preach at Kinley Horn from the HR perspective is you have to know the business first. You mm. can't be an effective HR person and support business if you don't really understand what they do. That doesn't mean I have to know how to do a CAD drawings or I need to know how to design. But I took the time to get to know my, my partners, those that I support. And what is it that you do? What challenges do you face? How do you how can HR best support you? Um, and it obviously comes down to the staff side. Um, but knowing the challenges that they face day in and day out allowed me to be able to know how to better support them in doing that. I don't have to know the technical side, um, but a little bit about what they do and the challenges they face provides, gives me an opportunity to provide the best support possible. 
I think that's one of the things that I, I, I've learned from leaders uh, uh, that have been on the show is that they all say the important, they all talk about the importance of knowing the business. That's the first thing yeah. you've got to know. The, I remember taking my certification for my PHR, uh, PHR mm-hmm. and Barbara Corkin saying the very first you know, class, <laughs> you have to know the business. And I'm like, yes, uh, that's so good. Yeah. Hey, well, let's, uh, hey, let's go back in time. I want to hear the Rachel Farina story. I would love to hear a little bit about uh, where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into HR and leadership? Well, my story's not very interesting, Bruce, but we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Um, so I grew up in Irving, Texas. So I am a native Texan, other than going to school at UT Austin, Hook'em Horns. Um, I've been in DFW my entire life. So um, grew up in Irving, went to school, and then have been back in the DFW area ever since. So that part, again, not very interesting. I haven't traveled anywhere. Um, as far as my HR career, I wish I could say I was one of the, when I was a little girl, I always dreamed of being in HR, but unfortunately, that's not really how it happened. So um, back in my day, when I was in school, they didn't have HR degrees. It just wasn't a thing. There wasn't a thing called, let's get your human resources degree or organizational de- development. So I ultimately graduated with a degree in psychology, not really having any idea what mm-hmm. I wanted to do with my life. I knew I didn't want to be a psychologist because I didn't want to continue to go to school. So like every other grad back then, I just applied to a bunch of jobs and I took the first job that was offered to me, which was with a staffing agency. Hmm. Um, I had a little exposure to HR because my stepmom worked in human resources, so I had some sort of concept of what it was. But once I started working for the staffing agency and getting exposure to recruiting, I thought, oh, I might want to do this full time. So my first HR job was for a healthcare company where I did recruiting and I did that for a couple of years and then kind of ventured off into the kind of the generalist side of things and various companies. So I've officially been in HR for 24 years. Wow. I mean, little did you know uh, when you got that psychology degree and then you went into staffing where you would be today. Uh, Oh my gosh. Uh, So many questions, Um, man, let me, let me ask you this. As you were going through that journey, like, were there some people, I always like to ask about mentors, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Were there some people that like helped you along the way? Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 there's a a few that people that I still consider mentors. I don't even know if I went to them, if I said, Hey, did you know you're my mentor? They probably wouldn't even know. Mm. But one of mine was when I worked for for Citigroup many, many years ago, I spent most of my career there. Um, My supervisor at the time, you know, she, she was really good. She taught me all the things there was to know about HR first and foremost. So she's kind of the one that kind of led me down that path and taught me most of what I know. Um, but she was also one of those that pushed me outside my comfort zone. She, she knew I was better than I thought I was. I was more capable. Um, she even told me, Rachel, you need to move on. You, you're capable of doing so much more after I'd been there for a long time. Um, she also gave me difficult feedback um, and we just had a really good rapport um, we had a lot of trust built. So she's one that I still consider kind of my, my HR mentor. Um, and I've got multiple mentors. At Kinley Warren, we use a term called personal board of directors. Ooh. So if you think about like a board of directors at a corporation, right? You have different people who serve on that board. To, they serve different roles. They provide different value to the board. Um, and so we kind of teach this concept at Kinley Horn, a personal board of directors. So rather than just have one mentor, having multiple mentors, each of which serve kind of different purposes. So I've got one mentor that kind of taught me everything I know about HR. She's kind of my main mentor. Um, I have another gentleman who is, I consider a mentor. He's excellent at, he's very direct, but he has such finesse when 
giving difficult feedback. Mm. So anytime I need to deliver a difficult message and I'm afraid it's not going to be perceived well, I will always run it by him. And then I have other mentors who they're just, I list I go to them to vent, right? I just need somebody as a listening ear and I will go to somebody, a partner who I see is kind of a peer who I can vent to. And then I have others who at Kenley Horn specifically, who, when I have a dumb technical question, I can go to them and they don't make me feel so dumb. So, right. So I have these different people in my life that serve different roles um, and it kind of plays into that concept of this personal board of directors, having multiple mentors who provide value to you in different ways. Man, I love that. I, I want to ask about this personal board of directors, but before that, I want to ask about this uh, lady who uh, pushed you, you said, you talked about that city group. She would mm -hmm. push you outside the comfort zone. Like, yeah. what did, do you remember what that felt like? And was there anything in particular you remember her saying, you know what, you need to do this. And you're like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I mean, there were times we had these annual, I can't remember what they were like kickoff meetings where the whole country comes together at the beginning of the year and kind of celebration of the prior year and kicking off the next year. And she wanted me to present um, to like, these are executives who attend this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and I had worked with some of them. So I knew some of them, but the other half of the country, I didn't know. So it was things like that, that she mm. just kind of pushed me and she knew I would dig my heels in, but she's like, well, Rachel, you can do this. We'll prepare, you know, she just gave me the confidence mm. to do it. Um, so that's just one example, but there were many like mm. that where she was like, ready, Rachel, you're ready for this. Just do it. Just do it. I'm not going to let you fail. Just do it. So Man. she would push me, but then also kind of guide me along the way to make sure that I was set up for success. Man, what, man, how, man, what a gift to have a mentor mm. like that. Oh, that's incredible. Hey, I want to ask you about this personal board of directors. Is this something that Kimberly Horns had <clears throat> for many, many years, or is this something that has been around just for a short time? Uh, you know, I, th I think, it, and I don't know where it honestly came from. I don't think we can take credit for creating mm -hmm. this concept, but we used it for our, our, our WLG, our women's leadership group, um, trying to encourage women um, in the workplace because it's a, still a male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to encourage our women to branch out and find mentors, not just their supervisors, but other people. And so somebody had seen this concept um, before. And so we kind of adopted it and kind of made it our own and created a presentation and some templates and um, kind of a brown, like a one hour brown bag type thing where we kind of facilitated across the entire state um, for all of our women. And then we've kind of pushed it on to, to men as well, because it's a concept that applies to everybody. So it's, I would say the last three to four years. Yeah, it's that's really listen, kind of picked up steam. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Here's uh, what I want to ask you this, this mentor, and this is the one that really fascinates me is the one that you said, he's very good at being direct, but he has that finesse. Did you go out and seek that? person or did he or were you assigned to him well he gave me very difficult feedback with finesse so I was a recipient of his difficult feedback um mm. and so you know something that again he did it in such a way that he was exactly right awesome. and it hurt a little bit less because of the way that he delivered it mm. um and so really ever since then I'm like I mean I'm, I tend to be just direct. And sometimes I lack the finesse. I don't soften the blow as much. So when I'm talking to someone who I know maybe is a little bit more sensitive or, um, you know, maybe we don't see eye to eye on how we communicate. He's the person I go to. And we, we will kind of role play through mm -hmm. it. And he will coach me on maybe how to best approach somebody who I don't think is going to receive the message well. So I learned through personal experience that he was good at this. And then I seek him out when I need him for those situations. 
You know, it, that, that's so interesting and, and, and shows also the importance of being open to everyone and everyone's yeah. ideas, everyone's approach. I, w- I had Diane Sanford on the show a while back in season one, and she talked about whenever she had something that she wanted to run across the board, she would go to a particular person mm-hmm. that was a naysayer and yeah, he would like tell idea. her yeah. everything that was wrong. And she learned How that cool would help her. First. Yeah right? It helped her. Oh my God. That is, that is so good. I appreciate you sharing that. And I know there's some listeners out there right now. They're thinking, Hey, we need to have something like that in our organization. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, I want to ask you a question. You've been doing this for a long time. You're very, very good at what you do. Uh, and I was asked, uh, ask around, you know, was there like a moment when you found your lane, when you, you know, found your purpose, uh, in your career? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a moment, but interest as I was thinking about this question, one of the things that stood out to me um, is I feel like even I really, just since I joined Kimley Horn seven years ago, I, this is my first true leadership role by title, right? I have supervised other people. I have held other roles, but I never had the title. So this is the first time I really feel like I'm a leader, but honestly, my role as conference director for HR Southwest is really when I had that aha moment that, wow, this, this leadership thing, I think I'm okay at it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and that, that experience of leading the conference and leading 50 or 60 volunteers, people who I don't directly supervise, who aren't being paid, um, was a really a valuable experience. So I think for me, looking back at kind of my career, mm. I think that was kind of the aha moment where I, I always knew I wanted to be a leader, but it wasn't until I was in that conference director role that I thought, this is, this, I, I enjoy this. This is something I want to do. I like working with other people. I like leading people. Um, and so I think that honestly, that volunteer experience was really the point where I found out, you know what, I think this is something I want to get into a leadership role. And shortly after the conference is when I left my firm to go to Kinley Horn. I love that. Uh, and and there, I, actually, that was one of the questions I was going to ask was how has volunteer leadership helped you in your career? And man, it sounds like to me, that just being a volunteer, investing that time Mm -hmm. uh, gave you the confidence you needed to move to that next level, didn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Hey, let's talk leadership. Here we are 2022, uh, January, we're in a new year. I want to, I want to ask you, you know, lots changed over the last couple of years, but the way we approach a new year, Uh, hasn't changed for a lot of people. And that is, hey, the business planning was done in the fourth quarter. Now it's time to roll. Do you have like a, an approach? I'm curious from your perspective, like, do you have like a, uh, a 100 day plan uh, or something you're trying to do to get off? What what do you do to try to get off to a good start in in a new year as a leader? Um, I wish I had a hundred day plan. I don't. Um, we do as a firm, we do business planning, um, which we are just wrapped that up. And that kind of guides us into 2022. Um, mm. A big part of that business planning is staffing, obviously, which falls under my umbrella. Um, and so a lot of our focus, I'm, we have a recruiting team that, um, that I work with. We have seven people on that team that, you know, we hire a lot of college graduates. So that's a big focus for us. We're in a, at a, a good position from a market standpoint. Um, we are not, our firm is not market constrained, we're staff constrained. So mm-hmm. we have come up with, we as a recruiting team sat down and talked about what are some different things we can do to make sure that we can meet the needs of the business by hiring all the staff that they need. Um, and so we have, we've already started kind of implementing some things. So we kind of did some pre-planning 
knowing that we probably wouldn't be able to meet the needs of the business doing what we'd always done. And we were gonna have to be creative and kind of branch out. So we've already started some of that on the recruiting side, kind of gearing up for 2022. Um, and then we always, every January, my team, I should say every January, most Januaries, we get the entire HR, Texas HR team together. And we have kind of a strategic planning meeting. Hmm. We talk about, okay, here are the key business indicators. Here's the things that we need to do to support the business, whether that's recruiting, integration, development and training. And we kind of sit down and map out our plans. So we do that as a team. Um, typically in January, where we'll spend basically a day and a half together as an HR team talking about, you know, what does 2022 look like for us and what are we going to do to help support our partners in practice? Yeah, that's fantastic. I love how you get together as a team and, and just talk about the vision. And hey, I, I'm curious, yeah. you know, you talked about you know, when it comes to uh, talent. Uh, and before the, the COVID arrived, I remember at all of the Dallas HR meetings, the war on talent was big. It was at the top. Now here we are a couple of years later and just it, it may even be bigger now. The yeah. war on talent. Are you seeing that in your organization as well? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've heard the war on talent for years and years. Um, I feel like we're, you know, probably this year, 2021, obviously heading into 2022, it is really ringing true. I mean, we are concerned that we will not be able to hire enough caliber people to meet the needs of the business. And so that's why we're, we are branching out and doing things we have never done before, making huge investments um, financially and with our staff to make sure that we do everything in our power to, to find enough good people. So it's, we are, like I said, we're, we're charting new territories for our firm and doing things that we thought we would never have to do because there is a war for talent. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's interesting. And I, I'm sure getting creative, I, I can see that going so many different ways from uh, whether it's offering yeah. benefits or trying to, you know, put, put out a plan, a growth plan, or just whatever you can do to attract that talent, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you this. I, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, first, first question I want to ask you is I like to ask uh, all my guests is, uh, if I were to say, hey, hey, Rachel, you know, what is leadership to you? How, how would you respond to that? Leadership to me is um, not a title. It's not necessarily a role. It's kind of a, a demeanor, a characteristic that you have. I think anybody can be a leader without a title. And I think a leader is somebody who um, has trust with other people or a mm. group of people who people want to follow. You know, uh, you know, if you compare like a, you know, what's the difference between a manager and a leader, a manager is somebody you have to follow because by title, they are your supervisor, whereas a leader is somebody who inspires trust, motivates others, um, and builds those relationships and people want to follow. Um, and again, I don't think you need a title to be a leader. I have a lot of people on my team um, who don't have a leader in their title, maybe not even supervise other people, but they are seen as leaders from their colleagues, but also mm -hmm. from the staff that we support. So to me, that's how I would define leadership. I, I love how you use the word trust. I remember uh, Simon Sinek said it so well. He said a, a group of uh, people, well, he said, uh, let me think here. He said, um, a team is not a group of people that work together. A team is a group of people that trust each other. Absolutely. And I've just always just thought, oh man, isn't that so true? Like when you're around people that you trust, it just feels different, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. If you don't have, and that's true with any relationship, leadership no. or otherwise, yeah. if you don't have an established trust, that's not going to be an effective relationship. And yeah. people aren't going to want to follow you as a leader if you don't instill trust. Yeah. 
So let, let me ask you, uh, and I wanted to ask you this uh, earlier, and I want, I want to go ahead and ask you now. Is that, so you're a regional HR manager. What, what exactly, like, what is, what do you do? Like, what are, what are some of the things where you spend the most of your time on <laughs> besides everything? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, everybody's like, what's a typical day? I'm like, we don't have that. There, you know, I like to think that we have structure and I can plan my day and I try, I attempt to, but every day goes off the rails. And, and I, that's kind of what I love about my job, right? It's, it's somewhat unpredictable. Um, but as regional HR manager, I lead our, our region's HR team. So our, our firm has seven regions. Texas is its own region. So I lead the HR team, which is, there's now 16 people on the team. When I started seven years ago, there were three of us. Hmm. So we have grown tremendously. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we have, Six, and, and three people when you started. Of, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was me and two others. And now we're up to me and 15 others. So mm. um, in seven short years, and that's reflective of our staff and the number of people that we've been hiring or to provide more effective support. We've got to increase our staff at kind of the same, the same ratios as our, our um, folks in practice. So I, you know, I kind of lead the team. I, you know, help with developing team, delegating responsibilities. Um, I happen to lead all of our compensation related process. I also sit on our what most companies would call like an executive leadership team. We're not real big on titles. We don't have mm -hmm. fancy titles. We don't even use titles on business cards. Yeah. So I serve as what we call the regional team, which is basically the, the leadership team for the region. Okay. Um, and, and our goal is basically to support what we call those in practice, our civil engineers, our landscape architects with challenging client issues or employee issues. And so we are there su to support them. Um, so I serve on that team as well. Um, uh, but a lot of my time honestly is, is not so much in the weeds of the day-to-day, -day, but more spent developing my staff, but then also connecting with our senior staff mm. and making sure that they have the tools, resources, support they need to continue to grow their own teams. So I do a lot of coaching. I do a lot of 360 assessments. Mm. Um, it is very generalist, you know, yeah. heavy, um, yeah. and, but then also really just kind of providing support to, to my team. And making sure that they are successful. Yeah, I love that. Let me ask you this: Has, has uh, your leadership approach changed much over the last couple of years? I mean, obviously, uh, many many companies are you know have more work from home, remote work. Right. Uh, some companies are back at the office. Have you had to change your style or your approach at all, or in the last couple of years? You know, I don't know that I've changed my approach, but I will say the last two years have probably been the toughest of my career. I mm -hmm. mean you know, dealing with the minutia of COVID and from yeah. an HR perspective, I think all of us in HR were dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. And that is dealing with people who test positive. And it wasn't a very fulfilling time from a career yeah. standpoint. You were basically just, you know, filling the day, answering COVID questions. Yeah. So I had to adapt my leadership style for my team because my team honestly was kind of down the dumps. We all yeah. were kind of like, what are we doing? Nobody signed up for this Yeah. Um, when they signed up to be an HR. And so I really had to switch gears a little bit and adapt to help motivate, tell them, you know, there's light mm. at the end of the tunnel. So I think it was a temporary shift um, to get us through that time, but we all relied on each other. I mean, they were kind of pumping me up too, right? I needed those times when I needed to be reminded that this too shall pass. Um, so I wouldn't say my approach to leadership has changed, but I definitely mm -hmm. had to switch temporarily and focus on not so much the day-to-day, -day, but motivating my staff and knowing that what they're doing, even though it's minutia, it is appreciated, it is needed, the company values what we're doing. 
um, and really had to hone in on that where that had not necessarily been the case before when we had kind of our regular day jobs that were more fulfilling. I love that. We all need to be motivated. We all need to be inspired uh, every day. Hey, let me ask you this. And I'm I'm curious, as you talk about motivating your team, how do you, how does Rachel motivate herself? Like, what do you do to like continue to like (laughs) develop you uh, and invest in you? Is there anything you do in particular, Rach? You know, um, you know, honestly, I get my satisfaction, my motivation out of seeing my team succeed. Mm. So when I have shown them something or I have taught them something or they come to me and they thank me, it's just those little, that's all I need. It's just those little moments where you're like, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. I've made a difference or I've made an impact or even an employee who asked me a very simple question and they're like, oh, that's so helpful. It's those little things that kind of keep me going. I mean, you've talked to a lot of HR people. We don't have a lot of metrics to measure our success maybe on the recruiting side but not so right. much on the other side right so it's we have to we have to look for the small moments and the the aha moments and the the you know the oh wow thank you so much those little moments is kind of what keeps us going because we don't have a lot of oh look at you know all of these people that I've you know hired or integrated right we don't have a lot of those metrics and so it's those little moments when I see the light bulb go off or I see somebody succeeding because of something I've done. That's what keeps me motivated. Oh my goodness. I have like Rachel, I have chills right now. That is so, so good. I was talking to somebody the other day and and you mentioned these small moments. You're just right. Like your bullseye uh, because I was talking to somebody and she, she was telling me, she said, Oh, I'm so inspired. And I said, your inspiration inspires me. Right. Just by you being yeah, inspired, yeah. I'm inspired. I just, I just love how you share that. It is so good. Hey, I want to ask you and time, by the way, time flies so fast on these, on these shows. I want to, I want to ask you for someone who's listening to the show right now. And they say, you know, uh, maybe they're, maybe their early career, then maybe their mid career, but they're continually trying to just up their game they want to eventually be a director or a VP or a CHR. They just want to keep growing. Uh, any tips that you would share? Uh, maybe something you share with your team. Like, what are some things that they should do to just just keep them on track? Right. Yeah, I I, I could spend a whole podcast on that topic. Um, I think one thing, again, just to, from my own personal experience, get involved. Get involved mm. in Dallas HR. Get involved yep. in HR Southwest. Not only do you learn valuable skills, volunteering, it's a great way to network. I mean, Bruce, that's how you and I met. I wouldn't, yeah. we've, we've known each other for 10 plus years through Dallas. I mean, a lot of my really close friends I have met through that. So the network in itself is invaluable. Plus just the skills that you learn, especially when you take on leadership positions. The other thing I would say is don't rush to the top. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot to learn. Um in the field of HR, in the businesses where, where we work, um, that we don't need to rush to the top. I didn't, honestly, I didn't get my first leadership position until I was 40 years old. And I think the way that my career progressed, I wouldn't have been ready if it weren't before that. But I got a lot of knowledge. I met a lot of people. I had a lot of mentors guiding me for the first, you know, 20 years of my career, 15 years of my career. Um, so worry less about the titles. Mm-hmm. And absorb all of the information that you can learn everything there is to learn about HR, about the business. Um, to me, it's not so much 
the depth of experience, it is the breadth of experience, right? Mm. Um, and I know people have different schools of thought on that. You could be an expert in one field, and obviously you need a deep expertise. Or, you know, if you're a true journalist, getting that breadth of experience kind of across the gamut, mm. um, to me is where I, it's kind of how my career went. I was never a benefits expert. I was never a compensation expert, but I knew a little bit about everything that was related to HR. And I think all of those things kind of set me up to get where I am today. Um, so those would be that. And the other thing would be get outside your comfort zone, mm. take a leap of faith, do something different, be willing to learn something you've never learned, be willing to relocate. I never did that, but we encourage a lot of our staff to do that. Mm. Gives you experience to, to different cultures and different leaders. So kind of getting uncomfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't do that earlier in my career. I kind of, you know what, I was real comfortable. I was taking it easy, not a lot of stress. And then I took this leap of faith to take a stretch roll at Kimley Horn and I've never looked back and I will wow. retire here. And it's the best career decision I ever made. I love that. I love it so much here. I, I love that. Don't rush to the top. I, I mean, I've got that. Just, I'm just going to put that in a, a, a permanent marker. Um, but I love what you talked about when it comes to depth of experience versus breadth of experience. Uh, I, I had someone recently reached out and they said, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm in this, in, I'm, I'm getting ready to select my internship, right? She's just out of college mm -hmm. and she wants to go into a certain area in HR, but the internship is in uh, talent acquisition. It's in recruiting. Okay. And she's like, ah, oh, I just don't really know if I want to do that. And I was like, you know what? It's an opportunity to learn from that side of the, of the fence. Yeah. And so she ended up taking, taking the role and she's glad she Good. did. But a lot of people, they're just, they're, it's, it's not, it, they, they prefer, they're looking for a certain, right. and, and right. when they take, when they take the chance, good things happen, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started out in recruiting. I think a lot of people in HR started out in recruiting. I feel like everybody in HR needs to have, that's kind of a core function of, of HR is recruiting. So I think it's a great place to start. Doesn't mean that's where her career is going to take her, Yeah. but we all need that experience. I think it's a great place to start. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when I started with my first company in Dallas, Texas in 1995, I had just graduated from college and I joined a, uh, a moving company. And they said, hey, you know, I was wanting to be a manager, of course, right? Mm -hmm. of I course, thought I was going to have the office college. with the big window <laughs> overlooking you know, the yeah. Dallas. And they said, hey, by the way, uh, to work in our organization, if you're going to be a manager or sales, you have to start on the trucks. And I said, what does that mean? I need to just like go out and look at a, a job one day. And they're like, no, you need to like pack boxes, load mm -hmm. furniture, and you're going to do that for the whole summer. And I was like, are you right. kidding me? And today, I, I, man, you can't even buy that experience. It was so incredible. Yeah. I mean, that gave you a lot of insight into how the business is run. That's the yeah. fundamental to what a moving company does. And yeah. you got to understand that. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Great. no, it's so fantastic. Hey, I want to ask you, um, man, you're a very driven leader. What, like, what drives you? You know what? I wish I had a really good answer. I think I, I it, it was born and bred into me. I, I mean, my mom worked hard for, you know, she, single mom, worked her tail off to support me and my brother. It's just always ingrained in me to work hard. Um, so I think I, I, it comes naturally to me. But again, kind of going back to something I said earlier, seeing people succeed, um, seeing people grow and develop um, and move up to the, you know, move up in their careers and knowing that I've had a part of that to me helps me, keeps me motivated, 
helps me stay driven to continue to, to fight the fight sometimes. Mm. Um, it's just knowing that, that I'm looked, I'm looked to, to help and guide others. Um, and so that's kind of what keeps me, keeps me driven. Um, and you know, I work really hard. I've got a very supportive husband, so I'm thankful for that, but, um, it's just kind of something too, that's always been instilled in me is to work hard and and play hard too, though. I love that. Oh man, Rachel, this has been so good. I really appreciate that. Hey, before I shift over to, it's time to accelerate for the last piece of it. I, I do like to ask, you've given like so much great uh, information here for, for our listeners, but I always like to ask this because sometimes there's some advice that we've been given in our lives. It could have been from when we were a child or from a family friend, uh, from an organization. Have you ever received some advice that you just find yourself sharing with others? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of my go-to my team probably gets tired of me saying it. Um, and I said it earlier and that's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, we're never going to grow if we stay inside our box and just keep doing the same things every day and don't take a sit back and think about, gosh, how can I do this better? Or gosh, I don't think I'm quite ready for this. Um, and so I, I try to do what was done for me and that is push people on my team outside their comfort zones and to learn something new and to get out in front. Um, so that's always advice that I'm, that I give to people is get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's, that's how you're going to grow and develop, um, is kind of branching out and doing things that you've never done before. Oh my gosh. Uh, what a gift to work for you because I know I've been uncomfortable many, many times and thinking, oh my gosh, this is just, it just doesn't feel very good. And then on the other side, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so much better today because yes. I went through that. Yeah. Right. It just yeah. feels and so it's good. easier said than done. Right. I mean, it's easy for me to say, get uncomfortable. Um, but I, I don't always, my, when my boss pushes me, I'm like, do I have to? Um, but like you said, you get to the other side and you're so thankful that you did it. Very rarely do you look back at that. Yeah, that I shouldn't have gotten that uncomfortable. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, you're going to look back and be thankful for that experience or opportunity. Yeah, it's funny you say that in, in my new book, Life in the Leadership Lane, I actually shared a quote around, it's easier to look back and see your success than it is to yes. look ahead yep. and see what it's going to take to have That's success. Exactly right. and so, oh yeah. my God, this has been so good. I am, man, I, I have, I'm just, I've got a page full of notes here, Rach. Hey, I want to shift over to, it's time to accelerate. This is the last part of the show where I'm going to ask you just a few questions. First question I always like to ask is, would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Well, I don't read any books. If I read a book, it's an audio book, first of all. Um, <laughs> but I do both. I go back and forth. Right now, I would say podcast. Love it. Listen love it. Podcast. Yeah, love it. I, uh, we we uh, have the, the, the book club climb. And we chose a book one time that it wasn't on Audible. And everybody's like, if it's not on Audible. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I literally don't read. I don't have time to read, but I'm yeah. like, I can mute. I can definitely listen to a book. And yeah, so I, love that. Yeah, love that. I enjoy that. Hey, we just, uh, we just finished the, uh, you know, the holiday season. Here we are in, in 2022. I, I want to ask you, what, what are you most grateful for? Again, I could probably do a one hour podcast just on that. Mm. Um, first and foremost, my health, right? Grateful to have good health. Um, yeah. Thankful that my, my family is healthy. I've got a husband and two boys. And like I said earlier, I have a very demanding career. Um, and my husband and my kids are super supportive of that. So I'm just mm. I'm grateful for them um, because they have to take the heavy on a lot of home related things. Um, 
I'm grateful for my team at work. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd put my team up against any other HR team out there. I mean, they are, we're, I'm just so fortunate and so blessed. They're just, they're competent, they're collaborative. We enjoy spending time together. Um, and then just, you know, cliche, but family and friends. I mean, we are, you know, we have a small but mighty family and um, we're very fortunate to have, have my husband and I both just have a ton of friends. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just grateful, grateful for that. And I think about that a lot this time of year. So your, your question was timely. Well, great leaders are grateful leaders. And uh, I, I, I think that's so true. And, but I love how you, when you talked about your team just now, uh, you didn't just say, hey, I'm thankful for my team. See, that's what uh, great leaders do. They, they, they go that like extra degree, right? That extra mile. And you said, uh, because they're competent and they're collaborative. And I just love that. And I think that that's one thing that I hear uh, leaders that are really making impact is that they, they take the, they go that extra degree and they, they tell you the why behind that, right? They just don't say something. They tell you the why they show you the way they lead the way they go the way. And that, that's something that uh, I appreciate you sharing. I, I, I want to mention that because I think for everybody that's listening, I think that's important. They need to know that I was actually, um, and that reminded me when I was uh, in my office just the other day, we had a new lady starting and she was doing job job shot shadowing right so she was with another one of our move coordinators and she you know introduced me to her and and i you know and and i said well you're in good hands and let me tell you what i like about the lady that you're shadowing right you're learning mm -hmm. from and i i told her i said listen angela she's collaborative she uh has positive energy you know and, and she uh cares right and so i think when we are able to take that like extra degree, yeah. we can really move people. Would you agree with that? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not always good at that. Sometimes I'm just trying to get things done. Um, and so sometimes I do forget to tell people how much I appreciate them and why I appreciate them. Um, but it's, it's something that I try to do um, on a regular basis, but sometimes I'm better at it than others. Hey, well, this is recorded. So now you can just play the recording. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Rachel, this is the last question. Uh, my favorite question I like to ask uh, with my guests, and that is Rachel, 10 years older, she's knocking at your front door and you're going to go answer that door. What, what's she going to tell you? Um, she's going to tell me, take it all in stride, right? The tough, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be um, rocky roads and just persevere through it all. Um, and and I kind of going back to something I've already said, push yourself, right? Mm. Don't get too comfortable. Keep pushing yourself to grow and learn. I feel like I, I felt I was stagnant for a few years in my career because I was comfortable. And that's probably one, I wouldn't say regret, but one thing I would do differently. So that's one thing I would tell my younger self. There can be some hard times. You're going to persevere, but also don't get too comfortable. That's a wise 10 year old Rachel. I, <laughs> I know. I tell you oh what. my gosh. This has been so much fun. Like I said, the time just flies by. Hey, listen, I want to, I want to just say, first of all, thank you for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and your, your perspective. I guarantee there's going to be a lot that uh, listeners uh, are going to learn from you. Hey, if someone wanted to, they heard something and they wanted to connect with you, what, what's the best way they, they could connect? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can always look me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. Um, you can always email me as well, too. I think my email address is on LinkedIn. But yeah, LinkedIn Perfect. is probably the best way to connect. Perfect. And she's hiring. 
So I am. <laughs> I am con- always, especially if you know a civil engineer, we're looking. There you go. Okay. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate you, uh, your incredible wisdom, your leadership approach. I've always admired your leadership. And uh, of course, I appreciate your friendship. So, hey, um, happy new year. Happy new year to you. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Thanks, Bruce. You're welcome. Okay. Can't wait to share this. I'll see you. Okay.